section, Unpacked, where we discuss the pull of the past every week. I'm your host, Allison Treat. I'm an author of historical fiction and a freelance editor. Welcome to my show. Hello, readers. Welcome to another episode. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. So I'm going to share an interview with Melissa W. Hunter about her book, What She Lost. It is a Holocaust story. It's about her grandmother. So let me tell you a little bit about Melissa. She is a writer and blogger from Cincinnati, Ohio. Her articles have been published on Caveller.com, LiteraryMama.com, BooksByWomen.org, and her short stories have appeared in the Jewish Literary Journal. Her debut novel, What She Lost, is inspired by her grandmother's life as a Holocaust survivor. So we're going to hear more about that from Melissa. I do want to mention that In the beginning of this interview, we had a little trouble with Melissa's audio. So there's a point a few minutes in when it sounds like it's pretty choppy, but don't worry, please persevere. It gets better. Um, You won't hear us hear all our back and forth about fixing the audio, but we started a new recording so that it would improve and it did. So please don't give up within the first few minutes because Melissa has so many wonderful things to share and her book it really just brought the Holocaust to life. Um, So it's definitely worth hearing her interview and then looking into getting her book. Without further ado, here is my interview with Melissa W. Hunter. Melissa, thank you for joining me on the show today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. This is a real honor. Your debut novel, What She Lost, released in October of 2019. Can you tell us about this book? Sure. Um, so this is a novel I wrote. Uh, for uh, it's the story of my my grandmother growing up in um, a small town in Poland. It is entirely based on my grandmother's experiences as a Holocaust survivor. And the interview I did with her when I was in my twenties is the backdrop for this novel. So while this is still historical fiction, it is based entirely on an interview I did with her where she told me about her life both before, during, and after the Holocaust. And um, I I always knew I wanted to write and becoming a novelist was really my dream. And I it was also my dream to share my family story with the world. So I knew that I wanted to combine the two together to um, somehow keep my grandmother's memory alive. And so this was this was my attempt to do that. And it was really a combination of both of my dreams realized. And the story is basically about my grandmother. It's written in first person, so it's told from her perspective. But of course, I'm the author of it. But I really hope that in this way, readers will, will experience what it's like to to have Here's what she did. Yeah, well, it's I've started reading it and it's beautiful. I um I just love. I feel like something about it just makes the experiences of. I mean, the main character is Sarah. Um, yes, it just seems so real. I don't know. I mean, I've read a lot of World War, World War Two novels, but um, I think that just Sarah's experiences watching especially the part where she watches her oldest brother have to go off to war when mm-hmm. he was when he was like planning to get married soon and um he's suddenly drafted um 
and you know the beginning of the war it just makes you realize oh these people like i mean we look at it as this period in history we know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and we don't realize sometimes these people were living their lives they were just like us now and as if a war suddenly started and you're not prepared for it you're not even if there are things going on that make you think that maybe war is coming you're really hoping it's not and right that, that really came across clearly in the part I've read so far. Well, thank you. And I think that was, it was really my goal to personalize the story. I think, I, I will tell you, I, attempt, I attempted writing this in many different ways. It took me 20 years to write the novel. Mm. I started it when I was uh, fresh out of college and I had done the interview with my grandmother and I never really found the right way to tell it. I tried it, um, as a series of short stories. I tried it at one point as a screenplay. Um, I did poetry. I, I just always knew it was always in me that I wanted to tell my family story. And I I think what it took for me was perspective and maturity. So it really did take me, um, it, it took me much longer than I anticipated to write the book. And I think Part of that was due to the fact that I needed to become a mom myself. I tell a lot of people that. I wanted to be able to put the emotion into this book that I wasn't able to do in my 20s. And a lot of times while I was writing, I tried to imagine what it would be like if this was happening today to my own family. So I really tried to personalize the story especially since it's about my grandmother. So it's about someone who is real and really lived and it's what she and her family went through. And it really was not that long ago that this happened. So my main goal in writing this story was to not tell it from afar, but to try and make it much more personal for the reader as they were reading through it. And hopefully, um, hopefully I succeeded. I I do think that, um, yeah, that it took it took time for it to to develop. So, um, so I'm I'm really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I'm sure. So, did you always want to write this story? Like, when did you, when did it start to germinate that mm-hmm. you thought about your grandmother's story and you knew you wanted to make it into a book? So it it, it happened over time, but I really discovered a love of writing when I was in seventh grade. I remember it was in my English class and I still remember my my teacher, Mrs. Montgomery, we kept a, a, a journal and we would we were required to write in it for 10 minutes each day. And it was at that point that I thought, oh, this is really great. This is a way for me to express what I'm thinking. I tried short stories. I did a number of different uh, writing styles in this journal. And I thought, it was so liberating. It was such a liberating feeling. It was a way for me to really express all the thoughts that were in my head. So from there, I really explored writing throughout high school. And then in college, I was an English major and a creative writing minor. And then on the same side, I I was always close to my grandmother. She and I had a very special relationship. Mm -hmm. She was a lovely, lovely woman. And she opened up to me I think in ways that she didn't open up to the to the rest of our family. I would come to my father, this was his mother, and I'd be like, "Did you know this happened to grandma?" and he had no idea. So, wow. I felt 
honored that she would share things with me that she wasn't able to share with her sons. And, you know, and, and then I also read stories, obviously, like Night, Night by Elie Wiesel was, was very influential mm-hmm. to me. And in college, while I was um, pursuing my writing, I took a number of Judaic studies courses. And one of those was Holocaust of the Literature, uh, I'm sorry, Literature of the Holocaust. Okay. And that was when it kind of all clicked. I thought, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. I want to write a piece that encompasses what happened to my family. And I have many other different ideas of stories that I want to write, but I felt like I couldn't do that until I wrote my family story. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's obvious in the story that the Jewish faith is very important to this family. Were yes. you also raised in that faith? With- I was. I am. Yes. However, I am Reformed. So okay. my grandmother grew up as Orthodox, which is right. obviously uh, they observed traditions and certain customs that as a Reformed Jew, I don't. Um, so our family has definitely, it, it has, I wouldn't say evolved, but we've, it's not the same as it was for my grandmother, obviously. Right. But, we, right. but I will say that being Jewish for me is extremely important. Um, it's a faith I've passed on to my children and we celebrate the holidays. For me, it's really about family. I think I connect both the Jewish faith and family and customs. They're all one and the same to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, so this is also kind of an homage to my to my faith. Right. Yeah, I could tell that in that came across in the the part that I read. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So early in the novel, though, there is. I don't think I'm giving a spoiler to say that there's a death in the family. Right. Um, you, I mean, you wrote about it so beautifully that it, it just broke my heart. I mean, I was kind of like crying and like, I'm only a chap, a couple chapters into this. Why am I <laughs> sobbing over this character? Um, but I think you just described Sarah's grief so vividly. Um, so have you experienced such a crushing loss? So in fact, at the time that I wrote this, I, I am blessed that I, I haven't experienced a loss like this. Mm-hmm. Um, this past year, though, has been a has been a tough year. I lost both of mm-hmm. my grandmothers this year. Oh. Um, so the one that Sarah, um, her character, the one that I based her character on, she passed away in February of uh, 2020. Oh. And my my other grandmother, my mother's mother, passed away just this past September. And so within mm-hmm. six months, I lost both of them. And that was really hard because they they were such fixtures in my life. And how lucky I am to say, I mean, I'll, I'll give away my age here. I'm, I'm in my, uh, my mid-40s. So how wonderful to be able to have my grandmothers through yeah. most of my, you know, my life. And even more so for my daughters, have their great-grandmother and to have, have so many memories with them. Yes, so, that's wonderful. Yes, it really is. And but it but it does make it harder. I mean, my grandmother lived to 95. Yes. One of them and that was it made it harder to lose her, you know, cuz she'd been there for so much of my life. Exactly, exactly. And I and I think so many things have changed as a result of it. My my mother's mom, um she was always the one who had Thanksgiving even up until 2 years ago when she was 90 95 
six years old, she would host Thanksgiving. Wow. And yes, she is an, she was an incredible woman too. Her story is one I'd love to tell as well. Oh. Um, so, so the, both of my grandmothers were very influential in my life. And so, but at the time I was writing the book, I hadn't experienced that loss. But again, I tried to imagine it. I tried to, it, I tried to put myself in my grandmother's shoes and think what it would be like to lose someone that I was so close to at such an early age. And it, it, it wasn't hard to imagine, especially when I think about how close I am with my family. I, I think I just wrote as if it could happen to me. And so hopefully I was able to instill the emotion that, yeah. um, that I wanted to. Yes. Well, it definitely came across. So it's one thing to pass a family story down to your children. It's quite another thing, I think, to turn it into a novel. So how <laughs> did you decide how much of the real story to include and um, like what to fabricate or embellish? Sure. Well, I will say honestly that the, the majority of the story is based on the interview I did with my grandmother. So I always say that the arc of the story is all true. Where I had to fabricate or take some some liberty is obviously in things like dialogue because I wasn't there and in in some of there were some gaps in the story that I had to fill in for myself because my grandmother unfortunately in the recent years as I was writing it she um, she had dementia so I wasn't able to go back oh. to her and get clarification so I did a lot of research. In yeah. And I, and I tell people, I was almost as excited by the research process as the writing process. There were mm -hmm. so many pieces that fell into place through, through research that it was like fitting pieces of a puzzle together. And so I, I think that where I had to take liberty, it was based on historical fact and the stories that my grandmother told me. So I tried to keep it as historically accurate as possible. Um, but, but obviously I wasn't there. This didn't happen to me. So even though I'm right. writing as though it did, it is still fiction. It is still a fabrication of how I imagined the events happening. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, right. So, I mean, you really told your grandmother's story. There's, I'm just asking partly because in my own writing, I, I have written a novel inspired by my great-grandmother's story, but it is not, um, you know, it completely goes in a different direction. It was really only just the spark of inspiration. Okay, yep. The story, you know what I mean? But yours is really sticks very closely to what actually it happened. It does. I, 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 again, based it entirely on, on the stories that she told me. So everything that's in there, everything. Now, there were, there are some elements where, there's a scene later in the book, and I and I won't give anything away, but the way my grandmother told me, this is when she was in the camps, and it's one of the, mm -hmm. the soldiers that, one of the Nazis that, um, that oversaw her work in the camp. She told me about this, this soldier one way, and then I was discussing it with my mom, actually, and we were like, do we really think that that's what he was like? And we had to speculate about what, the motives that drove him. So I'm, I'm not 
going to give anything else away, but but I had to kind of be like a detective. I had to do some deductive reasoning to try and figure out if the way if what my grandmother told me would have actually happened. So there are some places where I I shape the story more to what I imagine was historically true, um, which to me leads to how memory changes events over time. Because my grandmother, you know, so, so it it was really, it was really, I think it was also because of all these factors that it took me so long to write this because I had so many things I wanted to be as true to my grandmother as possible, but I also wanted it to read as, as historically true. So it was, it was a challenge. I will admit it was a challenge. Yeah. I mean, that is a lot of work. Um, (laughs) so rewarding work. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But it's no wonder it took so long. Did, I know you said your grandmother had dementia. So was she able to read it or to respond to any of it or was that? Well, unfortunately she, she didn't. Um, she, she yeah. knew it. She knew I was writing it, and I would come visit her quite often. Thankfully, she lived in a in a nursing home that was almost across the street from where I lived, so I was able to go visit her. And by the time it was published, she was in and out of the hospital. And but I I remember I I brought her the finished book and I put it on her table side next to her bed in the hospital. And something in that was just so meaningful to me, um, yeah. just to know, even if she wasn't able to read it and able to understand that this book about her life existed while she still was alive. And um, so I was very, very grateful. And she, uh, our family put it, we buried her with it. So that Aww. was, yeah, that was pretty moving. <laughs> Yeah, and this is such a wonderful way to honor her, to honor her life. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I feel like she lost, <laughs> and the title is what she lost. I feel like mm-hmm. by writing about her family, people that n- didn't survive, it, it keeps them alive. It was a real testament. It was an it was it was almost a driving passion for me to make sure that these family members of hers that meant so much to her exist today in some way. So I think yeah. that the book was my way of doing that. And not just them, but all the all the many people, all the six million that died in the Holocaust. Um right. it's just an honor, you know, it's it's a testament to them. Yes. It is I mean it's just such a just such a dark mm. like dark time in our world's history. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And it's hard to believe it was so recent also. It really was. It really, there was something that I saw online this past week that um, <clears throat> but Martin Luther King and Anne Frank were born in the same yes. year. Did you I saw that, that too. Yeah. Yes. And that they would be 92 today. So it, this, it really, it's not like we're talking about hundreds of years ago. It was no. within our family's lifetime, you know? <laughs> so, right. Right. So, so it, it is amazing how, how things happen like that. And I yeah. think that was also another reason I will say that in writing the book, since it's been published, it's been read as a young adult book as well as an adult book. I noticed that somewhere I read that that um, it was 
either marketed as a young adult book or um, you also mentioned, I think it's been used in schools and curriculums. It is correct. Correct. And that was something that really took me by surprise. When I was writing it, I didn't think about my audience, my readers. I, and in fact, I, I originally thought that I would self-publish the book and have okay. it for my family. So by finding a publisher, that was, well, that was a true, <laughs> distributed through a publisher. It's been amazing to just see where it's gone. And when my publisher listed it as a young adult book, I was like, oh, this is great because I was influenced by so many books growing up that yes. that really shaped me. And even now, some of my fa- my favorite book, The Book Thief, I don't know, oh, that yes. is it's just amazing. And The Boy in the Strip Pajamas and some mm-hmm. lesser known titles to be able to be in that category and to to hopefully have an impact on younger readers has become a direction that I didn't anticipate. And I've loved, I've just loved, I've loved working with students, talking to students and hoping to use the lessons of the Holocaust and applying them to today and moving forward as a society. So it has, it has really been an honor to go in that direction. Right. Yeah. What are you hoping that readers will learn from the book? Well, I, I, I think that one of the main things is that the type of thinking that made the Holocaust possible can happen again. And yeah. it, it can happen to anyone, any, any, any group of people. And I think we need to be aware of that. And I think we need to speak out. And, and I will say that in speaking to students, younger generations, I am I'm amazed by them. They are just bright and they inspire me, I will say. Mm-hmm. And they have changed the way I see the world. So it's um they actually inspired me to create I created a new website called uh, Books for Change and I mm-hmm. really want to engage young readers to, to think about other people other than themselves and to be able to talk and learn and grow through literature. And I think that I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't worked with these students through what she lost, through teaching them the book, what she lost. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. We'll have to make sure we link to that in the show notes. So was there anything else you want to say about how the book was received, how it's been received? I mean, it's been out a year and a half Mm -hmm. at the the time we're recording this. Um, So what was your response? Uh, it's, it's been very positive. Um, one of my greatest joys has been talking to book clubs, uh, yeah. as well as talking to, I love talking to readers. I love, I'd love hearing their feedback about it. This is, this is, I, I get very nervous. <laughs> I always get nervous because it's so personal to me. Yes. That, uh, hear from other people, put it out there. I feel like I'm exposing a part of myself and, but it has been received very, very warmly. I love hearing readers. I love hearing discussions that come from the book. A lot of times when I'm in the book clubs, I'll just sit back and let everyone talk. And it it, it brings me so much joy. Something I wrote can inspire this type, you know, such deep conversations. Um, So it it has, it has been a, a true pleasure. 
and it has inspired me to continue telling the story. There's more to tell. So there is actually a sequel in the works. So that's that's what I'm working oh, on right now. Great. <laughs> well, good. Tell us more about can you tell us more about that, about what you're working on yes. in the sequel? Absolutely. So one of I will say one of the criticisms that I've gotten on the book is that when it ends, people want to know well what happens, what what what's next. Okay. And I, that's I, a good well, thing. I mean, the- yeah, <laughs> it is. They they feel like maybe it, it quick an ending, and I appreciate that because I really didn't know where to end the story because there there is a lot more to tell. So so that is what is going into the sequel, and what I really want to show in the sequel, which takes place obviously after my grandmother's experiences in the war, is what it took for for the survivors to rebuild their lives. And the second half of what she lost does focus on that, what happened immediately after liberation, which was something that I didn't see in a lot of previously published pieces. So for me, I thought the stories that I've read seem to end when the Holocaust ends, but that's not how it was. And these survivors carried what they experienced with them through their entire lives. So the sequel will follow my family's journey to America as immigrants and how they they fit into society here and the um, post-traumatic stress that they carried with them through their whole lives and how it shaped them. And I witnessed that for myself with my grandmother um, at a very early age. I witnessed how she reacted to my grandfather's death. My grandfather was also a survivor. It was it was something that weren't able to let go of. The second book will, will basically continue the family's journey to America and hopefully illustrate the struggles, not just in fitting into society, but mentally how they dealt with returning to normal life. So that's mm-hmm. what the second book is about. Okay. So your grandmother, I mean, so there's a, the beginning of what she lost shows mm-hmm. kind of her condition after your grandfather's death. And so do you think, is your assessment that she had such difficulty after he died because they had survived together and she had to go on without someone who had been through what she'd been through? Oh my goodness, Allison, you just said it. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what it is. (laughs) Yes, because in, in the second half of the book, and again, this isn't giving anything away, uh, I divided what she lost parts. I divided into before and after. And so while it is about the Holocaust, it's also about so much more than that. It's about rebuilding and re- rediscovering life and rediscovering hope. And the scenes of the in the Holocaust and the concentration camps are only told in flashback in the second half of the book. So at, at that point, she meets my grandfather and they were married within months of being liberated wow. as were so many survivors. And I think about that because it's such a short time to know someone before committing your life to them. They were united by so much history and trauma that it kept them together. And my grandmother, she went from living as a child in her home and being taken care of by her family to then after the war being taken care of by my grandfather. 
So when Mm -hmm. he passed away, she was still relatively young and she had never really lived life on her own except for her time in the concentration camps. And she didn't know how to function. And that I, I allude to that in the beginning of what she lost. And I will discuss that more in the second book. Um, but I think it was his death that really, it, 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 it affected her. She, she had, I would say, almost a nervous breakdown as a result of it. And at the time, I was eight years old and, and witnessed it. So in my relationship with my grandmother, I saw a complete transformation from this broken woman when I was a child to a woman who really found herself in her later years of life and really found the independence and happiness that she had never had. Mm. So she was a remarkable woman. <laughs> it, it, her, her whole story, it just the, the arc of her life is incredible to me. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. She's, yeah. It's amazing. But what a, a good, that's um, just beautiful, kind of the redemption that she was able to go on and, and live her own life and become independent. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it really is. It's a testament to her spirit. You know, she was she was a strong woman. She didn't always come off as strong, but something in her had to have been because she she lived to be ninety six years old and she fought so many mm-hmm. things in her life. So, so she 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 was definitely a strong woman. Yeah. Um, so, when do you know when your sequel will release, or is that? Is it going to be another 20 years? Don't tell me. (laughs) No, I've learned a lot in the process of writing my first book. One of the main things is is time management. So now I I, I approach writing as not a hobby, but truly my my job. So I, I devote, you know, so many hours a week, so many words per week to write. So I do have a deadline to have to have the first draft finished by spring and, um, and hopefully we'll see it released sometime this year, or the beginning of next year. So fingers crossed that that happens. <laughs> okay, good. <Yes. laughs> um, so can you tell us more about a little bit more about your writing career? Because you mentioned that you decided to be a writer when you were pretty young, but uh-huh. did you, yeah, what path have you taken? Sure. So I always called myself a writer. And when I, I, tried to find jobs that that included writing as part of the job description. I was always hesitant to take that step from writing for myself and writing personal pieces to finding the the courage to actually put it out there. And mm-hmm. so I, while I've written for years and years and years, I would say that my career as a writer didn't happen until this book was released. Um, and also in the in, in the time in between, I had um, become a mother. I'd married and become a mother. And when my daughters were young, that was my primary job. I right. was home raising my children, and I always knew that I wanted to get back to my writing. But I also wanted to to be their mom and to to be present for them and i just didn't have the time <laughs> when they were yeah. young and their demands were were greater on my, my schedule and now that my girls are, are older i discovered the time again and i returned to it and as i said earlier i i think it was a good thing that i was able to 
to grow and mature and see life as a mother, as opposed to just a 20 something out of college to be able to write the type of pieces that I wanted to write. So with, with, the the novel being published that was definitely the biggest step. But before that, I I've written pieces for um for the online magazine Kveller, um which is a a web it's a website with uh, pieces with a Jewish it's for Jewish mothers basically. And okay. but it, I've had pieces written that have been published with them. I blog with the Today Show parenting community. So I've also discovered a love of blogging. So mm-hmm. now my, because in blogging, it's like journaling, but putting it out there for everyone to see. <laughs> right. Now I'm more comfortable with that. Um, so, so I can, I can easily, I can happily say now that I am a writer. I used to say it, but I didn't really know if it was true. Now I feel like, okay, I, I'm not an imposter anymore. Good. Yes. So I ask all my guests this question, so you might recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think learning about history through story helps us approach life in the present? And you can answer in particular about what you've written about, you know, the Holocaust or sure, or in sure. general too. Well, and I and I think I said it I said it earlier as well. I think that reading about history is different from reading reading other genres because you're reading about things that have actually happened. You're reading about events that took place and people that lived and there it might be considered fiction but it is based on reality and i think mm-hmm. that by reading those types of stories you realize that these events shape how we as a society think and do things um it shows growth over time, it also shows where we need to continue to grow, and and it unites us as 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 human. When you read about the past and you read about the so many varied experiences that have that that characters in these books have have lived, and it's it's to me it's it's amazing. You don't need to you don't need to read science fiction and fantasy to find true, amazing, miraculous stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are lessons to be drawn from about how we as 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 humans treat each other and should treat each other, if that right. makes sense. You know. And there's there's just so much beautiful writing that has been done to capture and encapsulate periods of time in our past. Um, so I'm definitely an avid lover of historical fiction. <laughs> yeah. So Melissa, it was great talking with you. How can listeners purchase your book? Sure. Um, so it is available on Amazon okay. and it is also available on my publisher's website, which is uh, Kinren, um, C-Y-N-R-E-N.com. Um, it's available through Barnes and Noble. So pretty much any bookseller probably has it, but Amazon is, is probably the easiest way to get it. Yeah. And I, it's coming out as an audiobook, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that's that's released very soon. And the, the narrator who, who narrated it for me does an amazing job in really 
speaking in my grandmother's voice. I wrote to her and said, I thanked her for narrating it because while I went through and listened to it, I felt like my grandmother was with me and I cried oh. while I was listening to it. So I'm very excited about the release of the, of the audiobook. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. It's really neat. <laughs> so that should be coming out soon. Right. And what's the best way for readers or listeners to follow you online? Sure. So I have my website is melissawhunter.com. And from there, I have links to all my social media sites, but it's mostly on my website that I post updates and do giveaways and share tidbits about my my upcoming work. And um, and I and I love to to respond to my readers personally. So anyone can leave me a message there, and um, and I'll look forward to speaking to them, talking to them. Great. Okay. Thank you for being with us today, Melissa. Thank you so much, Allison. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. So my friends, I hope that interview was insightful for you. And um, as I said a few weeks ago, when I talked to Leslie Berry about her book, which also talked about the Jews during, well, before the Second World War, but it had to do with the Nazi regime. Um, this is it's, oh, it's such a hard subject and it just brings such heaviness to my heart. But I did want to mention a couple things that I always tell you if you if you like this podcast, if you're getting something out of it, please subscribe to it and leave a review. Also, check out the show notes and today you'll find the show notes have links to Melissa's books and to um some other books that she mentioned during the podcast. As always, the show notes can be found at alisontreat.com slash blog. Also, there's a link in the show notes to the Facebook group. So go on Facebook and join our Facebook group for this podcast. I'd love to connect with the listeners more. I just want to leave you with a quote about the Holocaust. And this is one that's, it's kind of one that has always resonated with me. It's from Yehuda Bauer, who is an Israeli professor He said, I come from a people who gave the Ten Commandments to the world. Time has come to strengthen them by three additional ones, which we ought to adopt and commit ourselves to. Thou shalt not be a perpetrator, thou shalt not be a victim, and thou shalt never, but never be a bystander. So my friends, keep reading and learning about history, and I'll talk to you again next week. 